Hello and welcome to your spiritual awakening. We're here to teach you the word of Godney and all about the legendary Miss Britney Spears. You're listening to episode 10, The Chaotic Life of the Original Doll. <laughs> we are back after a little bit of a longer break than usual. Um, this is not our day job. We wish it was. But it's not. We are not getting paid for this. And sometimes life catches up to you. So apologies for not keeping with the schedule, but also expect it to happen again. You could say we're just chaotic like that. Also, speaking of life events, a very big congratulations (laughs) to Corinna, who just finished her undergrad. Yay! Yay. That's why there was no episode last week. It's my fault. All her fault. Okay. Yeah. So, as usual, this episode is going to be very loud in the beginning and then get gradually quieter as we lose our stamina <laughs> and my asthma starts to kick in. So, um, we are very self-aware people, you know, <laughs> we're not perfect. We know. A big thank you to everyone who had us in their Spotify wrapped, um, in their top podcast of the year. Don't know how many of you there are, but I did have a few people reach out to me and, or to us, I guess, and yeah, pretty cool. Almost famous. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Anyway, as promised, this episode we will be discussing Chaotic, aka a close look into Brit and Kevin's relationship and her Onyx Hotel tour life. We will also be discussing other 2005 events like the elusive, mysterious, some may even say mythological album, Original Doll. I took inspiration from Britney's Instagram for this episode name, if you can't tell, particularly whenever she talks about like mystery books or a crime story. So the question of the episode is, let's say Britney made another secret, never to be released, but hopefully hopefully eventually released album, a la Original Doll. What should she call it? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so what is your suggestion for Britney's secret in the vault album? My Mine is Lily White. Okay. Now you may be wondering... What does that mean? I'll tell you what it means. As you can see on her Instagram, you can kiss her lily white ass. Ah, I like that. Thank you. Okay, well my my idea is is like lily white, but it's rose red because of her love of red roses. And I just came up with that right now. Oh my god. Okay, <laughs> you know what? This is a this it's a is two a part. two-parter. Yeah, it is. Sister nice. albums, okay. It's okay, okay. Lily White, and then the B side is Rose Red. Lily White is like all. It's like like. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're doing motions, and you can't see us, so that's not gonna help. It's like um, okay. Let's describe it as more of her past albums. Okay, Rose Red. I, I feel like red is more of a blackout. Yeah, it's color. more like sexy, 
bold vibes. Yeah, a little bit angry. She yeah. deserves to be angry, so a little bit angry. She's calling people out. Lily White is more peaceful to the future. Okay, maybe Lily White is the B-side. I don't know. But <laughs> listen, guys, this is our concept. Um, Brittany's team, if you exist, if you're out there, reach out to us. Don't steal this. Yeah, we're trademarked. trademarking it, so... Yeah, and give we us made our it up check. on the spot. We really are just two geniuses hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So last episode, we did a sort of overview of Brittany and Kevin's relationship. We talked about Kevin's background. Just a reminder: he randomly left his pregnant girlfriend to go dance in L.A., which was where he met Brittany. Yep. <sighs> I really cannot stress that enough. He is a class A douchebag. But we did say we were going to do a deep dive by way of chaotic analysis. When I say chaotic, I don't mean the analysis itself will be chaotic. I'm talking about Britney's reality show. Yes, <laughs> she had a reality show. It was filmed during the European leg of the Onyx Hotel tour beginning in April 2004 and was originally pitched as a show called Entourage and... It would have, like, chronicled her tour and her backstage life because of her knee injury while filming the Outrageous video, which we talked about in a previous episode, Entourage was eventually scrapped and Chaotic happened instead. It was released in September 2005 and had a total of five episodes ranging from 20 minutes to 40 minutes in length. Of the series, Brittany said, I didn't know Kevin that well, and when I got the camera out, it made me feel better. It's really weird because it was like all this tension at first. We were so nervous being together. I'm really shy, and when I have a camera in my hand, it made me feel more outspoken. The show was absolutely decimated by critics. Here are some reviews from Wikipedia. Taylor Carrick of Flack Magazine considered the series an, quote, insult to common sense and decency, while commenting that, quote, Britney's ridiculous behavior and chaotic confirms the obvious transparency of her status as a celebrity prog- product and the calculated nature of her success. He also noted that music critics would, quote, easily open the floodgates for new and creative ways to discuss her offense to pop culture's attempt at meaningfulness. Aaron Beardley, sorry, Aaron of DVD Talk reviewed the series as a, quote, absolute disaster of the highest order, while writing that, quote, Brittany and Kevin, chaotic, is an absolutely watchable and horrifying train wreck of a series. Slant Magazine writer Ed Gonzalez noted that, quote, the show's extreme shooting style makes it especially hard to stare at what is, no more no less, a totem to the pop singer's narcissism. He stated that the views Spears expresses in the series suggest that she is, quote, someone who believes they're the only person on the face of the earth. Josh Woke of Entertainment Weekly felt that Britney and Kevin Chaotic was Spears's quote, career suicide by video cam, commenting, quote, the truth is not only that she's vapid, but that she's self-obsessed to a dangerous degree. Harsh. Mm-hmm. So what's funny is that this show was shot in vlog style, which has become extremely popular throughout the last, like, ten years, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, so she basically invented vlogging, and of course she was way ahead of her time. Uh, yeah. No one got it. Don't worry, we get it. <laughs> 
And let's not mention influencers who only post pictures of themselves, right? Or the Kardashians fame. I mean, come on, the poster children for self-obsessed. But I don't know. Okay, we watched a couple of episodes together. Do you agree <laughs> with these critics? <laughs> um, well, I only saw two episodes, but, um... You know, they were interesting, an interesting look at her life. Um, but yeah, they were, it wasn't like it was cinematic genius. It wasn't, it's not supposed to be though. So, I mean, it's fun to watch. That's what I said. I mean, it is, it's definitely silly. Yes, very silly. But I don't really think it's, okay, it's interesting to me that all of these critics know how self-obsessed she comes off. Maybe it's because we have the advantage of watching this, um, you know, 20 years later, or almost 20 years later. But I, I don't think she comes off as self-obsessed. I think she comes off mm-hmm. as insecure and wanting validation, right? I mean, who can blame her with everything that uh, happened to her with Justin? So before we get started, I do want to note that Kevin was and is a key player in the conservatorship. Without his participation, I'm not sure it would have even happened. So I think it's important to try and understand who he is and what his motivations may have been. I've seen several articles downplaying Kevin's role or even claiming that he never knew how bad the conservatorship was. That is far from the truth. So let's get into the episodes. You can... You know. An expose. Yeah. You can make your judgment after that. Well, actually, this is not even the worst of it. We'll get into that in a later episode. But, oh, boy. All right. So, episode one, like I said, we watched the first two episodes together, and we both immediately noted the juxtaposition, yes, we use we are using that word, <laughs> between Britney's offstage and onstage persona. So you get to see, like, this huge difference between who she is around Kevin and Fee and her friends and employees versus how she is on stage. She's obviously a super fierce and confident performer, but offstage, as I mentioned, she seems a little bit insecure, very goofy, and very normal. I mean, she's making crass jokes about her knees looking like boobs. She's (laughs) telling Fee she needs a Valium. Um... (laughs) You know, I mean, she's talking about love and relationships and sex. I mean, it just, she seems like a normal young woman. The question of the week should have been, what's your favorite sex position? Okay, no. (laughs) Brittany kept asking that in that episode. (laughs) Yep, she sure did. She, first though, she asked about marriage and commitment she herself says that she doesn't believe in marriage and that the Vegas wedding was a, quote, different story. This makes me believe Lynn's version of events more so than Jason's. And if you forgot about that whole debacle, listen to the previous episode. She also reveals that she longs for commitment because she hasn't had it in so long. And this this is, you know, it's uh, revealing but also kind of sad She wants a guy who hasn't seen much because she has seen all of it and she wants to experience things through him and there's this huge void in her life. All of these revelations make me see exactly why she jumped into the K-Fed relationship so fast. 
Oh, also Kevin is, his nickname is K-Fed, so these are the same people. <laughs> or these are the, these two names refer to the same person. Okay. <laughs> then in episode two, we actually meet Kevin, whom Brittany describes as mysterious and sexy. Corinna, what do you think? Um, you know what? That's objective, so no comments. Subjective? I mean, <laughs> uh, right, yeah, subjective, subjective. Yeah. So they knew each other for five or six days before embarking on this get-to-know-you trip to Europe. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, Kevin literally says, quote, we didn't know each other. I mean, they did not know each other. He also reveals that he thinks, quote, love is love when asked about marriage. And he says he doesn't believe in it, but he also believes you can get married. <laughs> I, we're, we were confused. He he is saying that he personally doesn't like marriage, but he believes that it exists. Well, he's a liar, as we'll see <laughs> later on. But this is classic stoner talk. I mean, yeah. come on. Mo, Brittany's security guard, hated Kevin at first. Quote, I don't like the way he looks, walks, wears his clothes, or his hair. Okay? This reminds me of that meme. You know, of that guy, like, on a call outside. It's like, I don't know. (laughs) What meme? Oh my god, I know. Okay, wait. I don't remember this one. It was, it's like, fuck his hair, fuck his... Anyway, okay, whatever. It's some dude talking. Okay, we'll look, I don't we'll look for it we'll later. We'll find it later. Um, <laughs> we'll post okay. it on the website. We will not. So we get a scene where Brittany and Kevin are just chatting, and she brings up Eminem, and how lame it is for male singers to sing about things girls have done to them and or their mothers. I don't know. Anyway, she then sings Cry Me a River and goes, personally... I think it's kind of pussified, but it's like, hey, whatever gets you in the game and gets you out there, that's cool. Woo! She dragged Justin. Interesting. Anyway, I love the uh, play on words, because Justified was Justin's first album, and she says, I think it's kind of pussified. Get it? Okay. Get it? (laughs) So, although she's with Kevin, she goes on about Brad Pitt. Right? I mean, wow. She brings him up multiple times throughout the series. It seems like to her, huge celebrities or icons are more so celebrity crushes, relationships that will never happen. She even states, quote, Brad Pitt probably wouldn't look my way. Which is totally ridiculous because she's Britney Spears. What? I mean, she was once friends with Leonardo DiCaprio, so she definitely had an in to Brad at one point. I wouldn't even doubt if she hung out with him yeah before i mean it's so weird for her to say that i don't think she should have dated him uh not brad pitt's biggest fan but i just wanted to show how she saw herself and where the bar was for her when it comes to relationships yeah it's low spoiler alert it is low we also both noted that britney is absolutely obsessed with sex as previously mentioned which is a full 180 image change from her first three albums. Remember the whole virgin talk? Remember that? Yeah. No. That girl's gone. Kevin seems totally disinterested in her, except for when it comes to her body. Especially her butt. Um, she seems very into him, and, like, very into him. Yeah, yeah. 
She's like, me and Kevin just had sex over there. He, 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 he. <laughs> she even says that Kevin is the first person she liked, which is really weird. And definitely not him. <laughs> okay. Mo, who is Brittany's bodyguard, and I mean, he's the voice of the audience, still doesn't get it at this point and asks, quote, what, is she, what does she see in this guy? I'm getting rid of him. Mo. Yes, Mo. We feel the same way. In episode three, Brittany says, I love you to Kevin, and then goes, quote, I don't know why I said that word. It's super awkward. Not gonna lie. He doesn't say it back. She said it on camera? She said it on camera. For the first time on camera? She said it to him? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. And he didn't say it back? No. Oh no. And then she took it back and she's like, I actually didn't really feel that way. Kevin in turn claims that Brittany is scared to love him, which makes him scared to love her. Or you I mean, this is gonna blow your mind, but maybe it's because they barely even know each other. Right? I don't think you're really in love. I think it's just infatuation. Brittany then reveals that she doesn't believe in fairy tales. She's like hardened and says she thinks her and Kevin were set up and that he wasn't real. I think this speaks to how fake she perceived others to be, uh, which is probably a sentiment that she's built over the years at this point from having certain people in her life, right? She clearly has a fear of looking stupid or him making her lur- making her look stupid. She says multiple times like, oh, why are you filming me like that? Or, oh, you're going to make me look stupid. I think this shows how deeply Justin's actions affected her with how he made her look in front of the entire world in the Crimey a River video and his subsequent interviews. Keep in mind that this is being filmed during her tour. So Brittany's clearly very busy and even says, quote, whoever scheduled my tour must have been out of their mind. Right? I mean, she's obviously over it at this point. Moving on to episode four. This is when it hit me how fucking lucky Kevin Federline is. Like, what? Yeah. He's just some random asshole. Yeah, and then Brittany was like, you, you're coming with me to Europe. And he's like, okay. Uh, Okay. Let me just leave my pregnant girlfriend to go to Europe. He already left her at that point. Okay, well, let me just leave her again. Leave the whole country. Leave the whole continent. Was not even on Kevin's mind at that point, so... Brittany claims that they're not serious, but in this same episode, they revealed how they got engaged on the plane ride home. I am confused. We then get the infamous, are you guys feeling lucky? Who knows? Maybe if you're really lucky, I might marry you, quote. (laughs) Again, K-Fed. Luckiest man on the planet. Blew it. Absolutely fucking blew it. Also included is some footage of Brittany singing Paula Abdul, uh, same, and this really cute scene where she goes off the side of what looks like a highway to pick some wildflowers. She's just very relatable, and it, it makes the conservatorship that much worse. She's someone who clearly loved to goof off and be silly, at least from what has been shown to us, and in my opinion, chaotic is... I mean, it's great if you're a Brittany fan because it shows you know the i'm doing bunny ears real her i mean maybe it's not obviously you put on some kind of 
facade for the camera and uh, we all change our personalities a little bit depending on who's in the room, what situation we're in, but I really do think that this, that chaotic shows uh, Britney's personality, who she wanted her fans to see her as. That's what I think. And combined with, so she's obviously very silly and combined with other behaviors, for example, her British accent, people took, you know, the she's crazy narrative way too far. And that's how she ultimately landed in the conservatorship. But if you think Britney's Instagram proves that she's crazy, watch chaotic. She's been like that forever. She's definitely not unhinged. Okay. I mean, I don't know. Britney, for some reason, asks Kevin, quote, do you think about me when I'm on stage? Girl, everyone is thinking about me. <laughs> you have audiences in the millions. Why does she care what Kevin thinks? Because she's insecure. I, she's not self-obsessed. She's insecure. Yeah. And it can, yeah, it can come off in a way that seems self-obsessed a lot of the time. Yeah. But it's really not for Britney anyway. Yeah, I mean, based off of what we know of yeah. her, maybe watching it back then, we wouldn't get the same, we wouldn't have come to the same conclusion, but yeah. So on a flight back to New York to film the outrageous video, which is cursed, by the way, apparently, they drank lots of mimosas and she proposed. <laughs> Yet, it's, cur it's cursed? Yeah, the video is cursed because not only did she break her knee filming it, it was also on the flight to film it. That she proposed to Kevin. Ah, uh, yes. I see. That's why it's cursed. It is cursed. <laughs> so, Kevin says it was out of left field, and he first declined and was like, that's not how it's supposed to be. Okay. And then proposed to her instead. They seem really happy when they're talking about this. I don't know. Felicia said, quote, her joy was so great, she could have shouted it from every rooftop. Aw. Yeah. So, we go from getting to know each other to getting married. Yep, not something new in the Britney-verse. <laughs> no, not at all. Okay, then the final episode, episode five. Chaotic is supposed to be this journey of love. At this point, I was not seeing it yet. I mean, they're definitely getting to know each other, but that's just the thing. They clearly do not know each other well enough yet. I mean, how could anybody know each other well enough to get married at that point. Okay, speaking from a Western perspective, okay? I mean, I know there's many different cultures where people get married after not really knowing each other, but I'm talking about, you know... Britney's culture. Britney's culture, yeah. yeah, because that's what's relevant to her and her story. I don't know, I guess they spent so much time together that it just, like, sped things up. You know, like, uh, COVID relationships? Oh, yeah, God. So, I don't know. I guess if you think you know, you think you know. I want to say if you know, you know, because that's what people always say when they're like, oh yeah, I, it was love at first sight, or I knew as soon as I met him, I wanted to marry him. But, um, they divorced, spoiler alert. <laughs> so, I want to say, I guess if you think you know, you think you know. A tabloid disclosed the location of the wedding, and... We talked about this last episode, but she did not want paps at the wedding. Wow. Crazy. I can't believe she didn't she want would ask helicopters for all that. at the wedding. Like, what? She wanted to elope. 
again. Fee talked her out of it. They instead got married at their wedding planner's house. Everyone thought it was supposed to be an engagement party. And the house, by the way, was very modest. You know? Mm. I mean, it wasn't, like, some dump, but it was just a regular house, right? Mm -hmm. All the caterers were told it was, like, the tasting or the, you know, for the cake or, like, for the dress, it was the, the fitting. Wow. Or for the makeup that it was the trial. But, surprise, <laughs> there were tons of roses, tons of twinkle lights, just very toned down and romantic. I feel like this is popular amongst many celebrities. You think it would be the opposite, but a lot of them have super toned down weddings. Lynn and Jamie, when reading the invitation, do not look very impressed. <laughs> Brittany, of her mom, says, quote, she's so cute, she didn't know what to say. Honestly, maybe Lynn was happy about it. She gives Kevin this huge hug. Uh, I don't know. Jamie just doesn't seem to care at all. Brittany is wearing this choker with her dress, her wedding dress, obviously. She's Britney Spears. She's going <laughs> to wear a choker. Laura Lynn was Brittany's maid of honor, and she seems to love Kevin because apparently he can, quote, put Brittany in her place, which is odd wording uh, to say the least. I don't like that at all. What? What does that mean? They're from the South, so they might have antiquated views yeah, on marriage fair. and what a husband does. Apparently, Jamie Lynn was so shocked that she was, quote, staring into outer space for a while. Me too, Jamie Lynn. Jamie's reaction, like I said, is even worse. He literally just goes, quote, hmm, that makes a little bit of a difference when he realizes that it's not a surprise, or when he realizes that it's not an engagement party and that it's actually the ceremony. Then he goes up to Kevin and says, quote, well, that changes everything. Don't do that shit. And then walks away. Whoa, oh my god. That's a really awkward wedding. Yeah, I know. I mean, I get it's not ideal, but it's happening. Why would you be a dick at yeah, your Yeah, at your daughter's, daughter's wedding. wedding, no matter what kind of wedding it is. I mean, she's doing it, so you might as well support her. You yeah. could say, listen, sweetie, I can drive the getaway car if you want, and mm -hmm. I am here if you choose to not go through with this, but also, of course, I support you in whatever you want to do. Because, I mean, Kevin sucks, but he is not a murderer or something, so. Yeah, the bar is on the floor. <laughs> God. Um, <laughs> Kevin's feet were sweating? Jamie what? looks... <laughs> I don't know. Why? Kevin's feet were sweating. Jamie looks fucking depressed. And Lynn is crying. I don't want to give Jamie credit because he obviously did not have Britney's best intentions in mind throughout most, if not all, of her life. But I mean, same. Yeah. Spoiler alert, Kevin ended up being a horrible husband. Jamie, you know what? Takes one to no one. Yep. Yep. Okay. During the vows, Kevin said he was, quote, so proud to be Britney's husband. And I was like... He better be. Yeah. What? <laughs> Fuck. Anyway. Then Brittany puts on this party dress. It's super short. Like a white mini dress with this garter around her thigh. 
And apparently Jamie kept coming up behind her and pulling it down. What a freak. Yep. Uh, and Kevin says he had to slap his relatives in the mouth because their jaws were on the floor. Wow. At Brittany's dress. Sounds like fun. Anyway, Kevin then goes insane for the garter toss thing. You know when, like, the whole... Oh, no. They did that. I found... Oh, no. I always have found this... It's nasty. Very cringe. Yeah. There's no way in hell I'm gonna do that. No fucking way. And apparently Kevin's mom was rooting him on while he was doing this. (laughs) I don't know what to say, y'all. I... Oh. I'm just the messenger, okay? I'm just relaying what I saw and what I heard. (laughs) No comment. (laughs) Okay, so remember the tracksuits? I kind of touched on that. So, Brittany had a Miss Federline tracksuit. Like, it was a a tracksuit like the one I'm wearing now. Yes, I am wearing a real GC Couture black velour tracksuit. I just had to point that out for this episode. Anyway. Alright, so Brittany had on a tracksuit and Miss Federline was on it in like rhinestones and then all the bridesmaids had pink juicy tracksuits. My god. Lynn had hot mama written on the back of hers or something like that and Kevin's had pimp daddy on the back (laughs) and his groomsmen had like pimp or something on them. I don't know. Oh my god. Oh my god. That's, that's... Some type of wedding. You know, it's a choice. It's a choice. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna judge because to each their own. <laughs> Brittany then reveals her first pregnancy at the end of the series, which uh, I'm pretty sure when this was released, she had already given birth. But you know, I mean, obviously when it was filmed, she hadn't. Okay, no fucking shit. Okay. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> She is filming, like, the the music video for Someday, which is a song that she wrote. It's kind of about motherhood. And she wrote it two weeks before she found out she was pregnant. So I thought that was really sweet. It's, like, prophetic. And here are some lyrics. Someday I will understand in God's own plan and what he's done to me. But maybe someday I will breathe and I'll finally see. I'll see it all in my baby. I think from this, we can kind of see that she's, she's suffering, obviously. She's like, what has God done to me? Why did he do this to me? But it's all for a purpose. And that purpose, she's going to see it in her baby. Right. Right. It's sad, but it's also pretty and poetic. I don't know. She said she hopes people are inspired by womanhood when they hear it. So, then we have the final note, which was secretly filmed by Kevin for Brittany. He actually starts crying, or he seems like he's crying, but I saw no tears about how much he loves her. Um, He describes Brittany as giving, caring, happy, whatever. I hate this because he betrayed her in one of the worst ways possible. Anything for money, I guess. Mm Mm-hmm. Here's a small excerpt from a 2008 Rolling Stone article, The Tragedy of Britney Spears, for a bit more insight into their relationship. A bit of an outside perspective. With a little bit of hindsight, too. So, two weeks before the wedding, Britney fired her manager, Rudolph and Lynn. 
Kevin convinced Brittany that he was going to get the users out of her life and they were going to run her business together, says a friend. Their life became the main business. They sold their wedding photos to People Magazine for $1 million and Brittany began to blog on her fan site, charging a $25 club membership fee. She popped out two kids quickly, Sean Preston, a year after she and Federline were married. The baby pictures were also sold for $1 million to People. And Jaden, one year later, she kept him under wraps for months in hopes of a big payday but a paparazzi caught her carrying him on a beach in Maui, Hawaii. Her interest in her recording career was minimal. She recorded three songs in three years. Federline gave Britney license to fully embrace her white trash side, walking into gas station restrooms barefoot, dumping ashtrays out hotel windows, wearing novelty tees like, I'm a virgin, but this is an old shirt. <laughs> I love that shirt. So the article goes on a little bit more, but I wanted to have this excerpt specifically because it talks about the beginning of their relationship, the marriage, and um, her her first kid. So, now let's talk about Mona Lisa and Original Doll. Someday was a part of the Chaotic EP, which had three songs and one bonus song for the UK and Japanese version. I'll just talk about all four songs in addition to Someday, we had Mona Lisa, Chaotic, which was the series theme song, and Over to You Now. One note before we get into the star of the show, Mona Lisa. Over to You Now is largely assumed to be about something a little bit dirtier than Britney's usual. Look it up if you're intrigued. You I should am be, intrigued. Because this show is not that explicit for me to freely explain what this song is about. Damn. I have to look this up. Anyway... Yeah, you do. I'll, I'll tell you after. Okay, yeah, I'll finish recording after. Anyway, Mona Lisa. Mona Lisa was Britney's pseudonym and actually appears in the Do Something music video. Quote, I kind of think she's like my alter ego whenever I feel like being mean or possibly like busting people around to get stuff right. It's kind of easier to be called Mona Lisa instead of Britney. Okay, I mean... I get it. I think she also might have used the name to book hotels, stuff like that, right? So that people wouldn't uh, know that it was her. Yeah. Okay, so I did some digging around Original Doll, and there was this BuzzFeed News article that did, you know, explain everything better than I could. So I'll read an expert, an expert, an excerpt from that article. Excerpt. The KISS FM offices in Burbank, California, were nearly deserted the day Britney Spears called. It was December 2004, just before New Year's Eve, and Jesse Lozano was filling in for the regular host, who was on vacation. Britney Spears is on the phone, he was told. She says she wants to play her new song. Lozano thought it was a prank. Usually, you don't believe that, he told BuzzFeed in March. But an hour later, the singer was outside the station's Burbank studio with a bodyguard, her chihuahua, and, Lozano recalled, no shoes. Classic. She had a CD with her and said, can we play it on the air? Britney Spears, live in studio, do you have to take a super secret CIA mission secure route to Burbank from your crib so you don't get followed? Lozano asked. No, Britney replied. Lozano said, I didn't see anybody outside. Britney, I know, it's awesome. Lozano. I walked out there. There wasn't one camera anywhere. Brittany, I know. It's great. 
Okay, side note, how the hell did she get from her house to this radio station without anybody knowing? Yeah. She must have pulled a Taylor Swift in the suitcase move. <laughs> oh my god. Is that real? It has to Is be it... real. Or else, like... The suitcase looks pretty heavy. My life will fall apart. Like, come on. <laughs> I mean... That's a very Taylor Swift thing to, to do. <laughs> honestly. So... The host continues, well, thanks for hanging tonight. Good luck with your album. It's untitled. Brittany, it's probably going to be called Original Doll, so... Lozano, and it's half done? Brittany, yeah, it's halfway done right now. Lozano, alright, so maybe by the summer? Maybe by the fall? Brittany, yeah, yeah, maybe a little bit earlier. They came back from commercial break. Spears introduced the song she'd come to play, Mona Lisa. It was the first and last time Mona Lisa would be on the radio. A representative for Jive, her record label, told Billboard a week later the song wouldn't be serviced to radio and no album is scheduled at the moment. They did, however, note that Spears was in the studio working on some material. Eventually, Mona Lisa was obviously released on the Chaotic EP, like I said, but the lyrics had changed. So here are the published lyrics, which, I mean, by themselves are already pretty telling. Okay. I really have to try not to sing this one. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I've got a little story to tell about Mona Lisa and how she suddenly fell. Now see, everyone knew her. They knew her oh so well. Okay, sorry, I just ran up the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> Should I okay. read it? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, I don't really know how it goes, so I won't be, I won't be tempted to okay. sing it. Ladies and gentlemen, I've got a little story to tell about Mona Lisa and how she suddenly fell. Now see, everyone knew her. They knew her oh so well. Now I am taking over to release her from her spell. She's the original. She's unforgettable. She wanted you to know she's been cloned. It's kind of incredible. She's so unpredictable. She wanted you to know she's been cloned. She's been cloned. She's been cloned. She was taken under, drowning in her seat. I do not know if that's correct. <laughs> I don't know what that means. But... but it does say drowning. Okay. In her seat. Running like an angel, she was crying but could not see. Oh no. Now see, everyone's watching as she starts to fall. They want her to break down and be a legend of a fall. <laughs> Sorry. I think it's Legend of the Fall, which, oh. is, a, which is a movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, now, ladies, does that make you cry? That Mona Lisa's got to fly. Nobody really dies. Everyone, may we have a moment of silence right here. And it ends with, she wanted you to know that she's home. That she's home. So, a word on the cloned lyrics. Her label created a band called the Pussycat Dolls. Some of you might know who they are. To replicate Brady's success. And she... Maybe didn't like that so much. Now, here are some of the original lyrics, uh, the ones that were changed for the published version. She's unforgettable. She was a legend, though. It's kind of pitiful that she's gone. It's kind of incredible. She's so unpredictable. It's time to let her go. Because she's gone. Because she's gone. Because she's gone. Now see, everyone's watching as she starts to fall. Now don't have a breakdown. You will hit the freaking wall. 
Now, ladies, does that make you cry? Now, fellas, you'll have to say goodbye, because Mona Lisa's got to fly. <laughs> yep. So this was released in 2005, two years before 2007. Um, <laughs> two years before. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Two years before what most people would refer to as her breakdown. Right. But she says, don't have a breakdown. You'll hit the freaking wall. And they took that out. Right. This makes me think she already had a bunny ears breakdown. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. They didn't want it to seem like she was unstable or something. So in the released version, she says um, she's been cloned. She's been cloned. But in the original, she says she's gone. Yeah. I mean, was Brittany planning on retiring? Yeah, that's that's weird. She's gone? That they changed that. I don't know. I mean, okay, to me, she's talking about herself, both how she was portrayed during her early years and who she actually is and wants to be. Is she saying, like, I'm getting rid of that old persona, America's sweetheart is gone, or is she saying, like, I'm gone? Yeah, I mean, she everything. did have kids and everything, so maybe she was planning on retiring. Maybe she'll reveal it someday in her mysterious book. <laughs> yeah. So those lyrics are pretty interesting. Go and listen to the song, um, both the demo and uh, we'll post the, the demo actually and the whole radio thing on our Instagram. But yeah, I mean, I'm sure you noticed that she mentioned her album, Original Doll. But what is Original Doll? It is an unfinished album that was recorded right after In The Zone was released. So all throughout 2004. And she had planned to release it sometime in 2005 as a darker sequel, but it was never released. You can find many of the leaked songs online, but there's a lot of debate over which songs would have actually been on the album. Because everything's kind of fuzzy, right? Since she recorded In The Zone and then basically immediately started recording for Original Doll. So it's hard to tell. Here's a BuzzFeed article quote from the same article. On takeoff, Spears sang about tolerance, love, and peace. Bell called it her version of Michael Jackson's Black or White. It was about being tolerant about gay people. It was gay people, discrimination, basically loving yourself, and being connected, Bell said. I think it was ahead of Lady Gaga. I think people would have looked at her and thought she had something to say. It was ahead of its time. She talked about war and how war is wrong. In 2013, Bell tweeted some lyrics from the song. They say, get ready for the revolution. I think we ought to find some sort of solution. But Jive wasn't impressed. I think maybe they thought it was not close enough to her brand, Bell said. She called In the Zone the filtered down version of Original Doll, or the more pop version. She wanted to make a record that was more vibey and more personal and honest. Ultimately, Spears still hoped her songs would have their day. I think she knew. I can come back to these songs later, Bell said. Anyway, that's all about Original Doll uh, for today. There's a lot more, I guess, lore about it that you can find online, but those are the main points. It's pretty obvious that she wanted to branch out and explore new avenues via her music and persona, but her label was not going to let that happen. So this is when we really start to see like a struggle and a divide between her and her... Um, her label so let's talk more about her first son 
In April of 2005, she revealed that she was pregnant with her and Kevin's first son on her website. Quote, the time has finally come to share our wonderful news that we are expecting our first child together. In August of 2005, Sean Preston was born. Here's a, a quote from MTV. The couple are at home and Sean is settling into his nursery in Brittany and Kevin's 9,000 square foot Malibu, California home, according to People. Spears, Spears 23, who had been scheduled for a C-section on September 15th, delivered the baby a day early after she began having early contractions, according to the magazine. She was accompanied at the hospital by Federline, her mother, Lynn, and her sister, Jamie Lynn. The proud parents were both crying as Sean Preston was born. Federline, 27, held his wife's hand throughout the operation and was very affectionate toward her during the operation, a source told People. Spears moved to a VIP suite in the maternity ward after the birth, where Sean never once left her side. Shortly after the birth, the pair posted an announcement on Brittany's website in which they wrote, We are ecstatic to announce the birth of our son. Everyone is happy, healthy, and doing wonderful. Thank you all for your love and well wishes. So that's sweet. I mean, happy for her. Uh, her sons are, she has said many times, her life and like her reason for existing, so... This wow. was a happy moment. I forgot for how young she was. Twenty three. Yeah. That's like almost Well she we're almost twenty. She did everything by the time she was Yeah, true. Twenty one, right? Yeah, all that's left to do was like get married, have kids, I guess. So we kind of talked about her website and I think it was last episode I read some letters of truth. So I wanna read some more letters from two thousand and five because I think they're important and Give us insight to her life at the time. So, January. I just shot a cute video for Do Something that I co-directed. After doing about 20 videos, it gets kind of boring playing the same role. So I chose to work with a young, hungry director, Billy Woodruff. He had no ego whatsoever, and the whole process was just so much fun. Oh, his dog was just adorable too. As much fun as I had, I have to say I was a little disappointed that I still had to convince my record label that making this video was the right thing to do at this time. But in the end, I think everything came out great. We shot the entire video in a record-breaking five hours. I even came up with all the choreo and styled the entire shoot myself using Juicy Couture clothing. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. But again, note how she... She says, I was disappointed that I had to convince my record label. I mean, she's not just hinting that there's problems. She is full on saying mm -hmm. there is a rift between my record label and myself. Um, and then she posted one in February, which was actually an audio journal. And I think it's, I think it's like the treatment for her, her video, for her perfume. But I, I don't really know. Um, hi, I'm Brittany and this is my fantasy. I wake up and I'm in an enchanted forest. It's nighttime. The moon is full and everything around me is somehow magical. I feel supernatural, immortal. I hear owls above me in the trees and beautiful green fireflies light my way as I walk into a clearing. I'm just getting my bearings when I hear someone, a man, approach. It's a hunter. He's got bows and arrows. He looks tired and I watch as he sits down to rest. I'm drawn to him and I want him to see me. So I make a noise, hoping he'll hear it and follow the sound through the trees. But as he starts to run towards me, he gets his bow ready. As I run throughout <laughs> the forest, it all seem, starts to seem very familiar. 
The hunter is right behind me now. I look back at him, encouraging him to catch up even though I know I'm faster. Then I duck into some underbrush and he passes me. I want to watch him. The way he follows me makes it clear he wants me. I feel the thrill of the chase. This feeling of power I have is intoxicating, but I can tell he's getting exhausted. He's frantic because I've disappeared. So I make another noise. I lead him into a clearing. I let him believe he's got me trapped. He draws out an arrow, not a normal arrow. I can tell it's enchanted. I know he would never hurt me. He releases the arrow and when it touches me, I feel a surge of love. And when he kisses me, it feels like deja vu. I know we've done this before. Olivia Rodrigo who? <laughs> and just as he's about to carry me off into the woods, I hear fireworks above our heads. And that's when I wake up. I guess if I were going to analyze it, I'd say that the hunter's Kevin. It's about the way we met and about our relationship. It began because I was attracted to him, even though I didn't know him very well. But I wanted to be with him and I wanted him to notice me. It's like my fantasy. I wanted him to follow me and to be enchanted in the same way I was. And that's how it worked out. Our love is enchanted. When we kiss, it's magic. It's not just about this very moment. It's about forever. And I knew that the very first time we touched. Our relationship is once upon a time and happily ever after all wrapped in one. <laughs> anyway. Wow. Um. <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> she was very open. Yeah, wow. Again, though, guys, compare this to the Instagram captions. She's always been like that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> One from March. Dear false tabloids, as you read this letter, I bet you are asking yourself, who? Who? Me? Am I a false tabloid? Well, I don't know. But after this posting, I hope you are asking yourself a lot of questions. Your employees are a reflection of your magazine. Do you, Us Weekly, In Touch, Star, and other desperate magazines want employees who are honest or those who are liars? It seems to me that you'd prefer the latter. I'm really concerned about the people you hire to work at your companies. I'd like them to ask themselves the question, what am I lying to myself about? Is it that you are 50 pounds overweight? Is it that your children aren't making wise decisions? Or is it maybe that your husband or boyfriend is cheating on you? Until you face what is going on in your life, I guess you'll remain a false tabloid. Brittany. P.S. People Magazine is great in my book. So I think all of those things that she listed are things that the tabloids were saying about her. Oh. So like she's overweight, she's making bad decisions, um, her hu husband is cheating on her. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought, I, yeah, it sounded really personal. I was like, damn, who, who is this person she's talking about? But it's her. Yeah. That's deep. That's yeah. deep. All right, another one from March about Kabbalah, in case you're wondering what happened to that. Madonna first introduced Kabbalah. Is that how you pronounce it? Or Kabbalah? Oh, we looked Kabbalah. it up last time. I We're not going to do it again. To me, at a time in my life <laughs> when Kabbalah. it was much needed, it has helped me get rid of a lot of negative influences that were guiding me down the wrong path. There came a point where not even my family or my advisor, the advisors had the answers I needed. The answers I was looking for were all in my heart. Through Kabbalah, I was able to look within myself, clear all the negative energy, and turn my life around. Now that the chaos has subsided, I finally feel as though I have the control I've wanted over my own destiny. I'm in a place where I can take Kabbalah seriously and truly learn from it. Whatever your religion may be, it's amazing what the power of prayer can do. It can even perform miracles. Okay. Whatever works for you. I mean... 
so we're gonna end this on a, a bad note sorry okay <laughs> but i just wanted to read some headlines or tabloid quotes from around that time because she did mention them in her letters of truth and you know it's important to provide some evidence for that so here we go surprise bride britney out of control exclusive britney stole my boyfriend spurned love Shar jackson expecting second child with kevin Federline. <gasps> this christina quote i know britney she's not trailer trash but she sure acts this way britney spears poor hygiene reputation is taking another turn for the worse after Us Weekly published a new photo of the singer exiting a Ventura, California gas station unisex bathroom barefoot while her fiancé, Kevin Federline, waited in the car. <laughs> Britney Spears leaves a poolside trash trail and goes shopping with dirty hair and a butt. I don't know what that means. <laughs> what? With her cigarettes, wet clothes, and empty plastic cups strewn on the ground, Britney Spears today looks more Beverly Hillbillies than Beverly Hills. The one-time princess of American pop appears to be turning trashly, trashy, hardly a good look for a bride-to-be. The disheveled 22-year-old cut a sorry figure, they're calling her fat, mm. when she was photographed lounging poolside in LA last week, only days after confirming her engagement to backup dancer Kevin Federline. Scott Lapatine, who has been chronicling Spears' slide for popular pop culture, blog stereo well that was Jesus. stereo gum notice that so this man's whole job is to chronicle her slide so her downfall yeah. basically says the new britney doesn't seem to care about anything she's been wearing the same pair of ripped jean shorts for weeks as she hobbles around la on crutches yeah she broke her fucking knee anyway <laughs> always with cigarette in hand making pit stops for cheetos and red bull horrible how how awful she is and it's this person. all this man is doing is watching britney all day so she can't even be bothered to brush her hair or wash her face anymore this whole phase and let's hope it's a phase is a big middle finger to all her fans <laughs> anyway that's no comment on that britney the bridezilla inside the fights deceit and drama of britney's fall wedding exclusive did she fake her wedding britney's fudge romance this is an article about Britney's redneck roots. <laughs> to back up its thesis that, at heart, Britters is just a white trash girl who, after years of high-gloss polish in the business of show, is currently reverting to type, we were treated to hayseeds, muttering things like, I've seen her naked before. Of course her mom was changing her diaper. Har har. What? So, there we have it. A comprehensive overview of the origins of Britney and Kevin's relationship, uh original doll and how the media was treating her portraying her at this time the beginning of the end some might say 2005 was in my eyes the tipping point for britney this is when shit started to really go down the justin bullshit was bad of course but this is when she started to be seen as white trash in the media and when her and her label were clearly at odds more so than ever before i keep saying this every episode it gets worse but like seriously it does and you have to understand this was not overnight. This is something that happened gradually. We did not get to 2000 or the conservatorship quickly. It happened through a series of events. And her relationship with Kevin, original doll, and the birth of her two children are critical to the timeline. I hope I got everything, but there's definitely some things that I missed. And we'll probably have to go over them next episode. <laughs> so sorry about that. But this is getting long anyways. <laughs> and we should go. So, I don't know. Maybe we should 
Should we still do that thing where we end on a good note? Okay. What let's is say... the good note? <laughs> okay, to end on a positive note, let's just what is what is your favorite Britney song right now? Right now it at this it that changes. it does. Oh, right now. Oh, I'm really liking overprotected right now. Okay. I went through That's that phase last year. Yep. <laughs> okay. I'm behind you. <laughs> I'm really into the ballads. So oh. like someday. Uh Shadow, Every Time. Oh, what's that? Out from Under. They're all really nice. I know I'm not going through a sad time. I just, <laughs> that's just what I like right now. You okay? It's December. it's December, okay? Oh, and I've been listening to All Too Well, 10-minute Taylor version from the vault, whatever, for... <laughs> oh, God. Uh, you know, at least three times a day for weeks at this point. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we will see you later. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you so much for listening. Please follow us on Instagram at Spiritual Awakening. That's S-P-E-A-R-I-T-U-A-L. And check out our website at spiritualawakening.wixsite.com slash podcast for all of our sources, Brittany updates, and more. See you next time, and may the Holy Spirit guide you.